Would you take your copy of God's Word and turn with me to 1 John chapter 1? 1 John chapter 1 this morning. Carolyn and I went away last Sunday afternoon. As soon as we were done here, we were, we were out of here because we, we were traveling to Indiana to spend a week in training, in biblical counseling training, and it was a good week. It was a very full week, almost eight hours of training every day in how to apply the word of truth to our own lives first and then to help others, and what a wonderful week. During our week, we were privileged to be able to stay with some friends during the week, and of course, we were in a strange house, and First night, I went to the restroom, I went to the bathroom to prepare myself for bed, I brushed my teeth, and I turned off the light, and I walked out the door, and I turned left, and I walked right into a closet door. Don't turn the light off before you open the door, because your eyes will have a hard time adjusting, and you might need a little bit of light to see where you're going. You ever do that? Ever walk where you think you know you're going, and you find out you didn't know where you were going at all. I, I quickly, I didn't hurt myself, thankfully, I quickly stepped back, took a step to the right into the hallway. I forgot. It was, it was a little bit further. And then I saw the light. There was a, a faint light down the hallway that led me to our bedroom. You know, as believers in Jesus Christ, we need to walk in the light. But sometimes uh, we find ourselves walking in darkness because we have an enemy who would want us to walk in darkness and we have an internal enemy. We have the sin nature, the old sin nature that's warring with the, the new nature in Christ and we know that we're constantly fighting sin and we need to walk in the light to be successful in those daily battles with sin. We're going to see that today here in First John. But first... Just a little bit of review from where we were last week. Last week here in 1 John 1, we saw John making clear that Jesus was fully God. Come to earth in human flesh, the God-man. Fully God and fully man. And we are reminded then that there is full forgiveness for sins because of Jesus Christ, because Jesus is God and did come in the flesh and did die for sinners paying the penalty for our sins, and that he was raised from the dead. And because the penalty for our sin has been paid, and we rejoice in this, because the penalty for our sin has been paid for all who trust in Jesus, we are given access to have fellowship with God and with God's people. Back in verse 3, you're there in 1 John chapter 1, look at verse 3. John states that he is proclaiming Jesus Christ, the God-man, so that we may have fellowship with one another as as followers of Christ. And in verse 4, he says he is writing these things so that our joy may be complete. And we need fellowship with God. You may not totally grasp that, but we need fellowship. We need fellowship with God. And it is our belief in Jesus Christ, God in human flesh, our deliverer, our redeemer, the complete sacrifice for our sins 
that is the foundation for our fellowship with God. If we don't believe those foundational truths of the Scriptures that that Jesus Christ came in human flesh and died a real death for our sins, the sinless one taking on Himself the punishment we deserve, we will not have fellowship with God. If we say, that's rubbish, or I don't believe that old book, you will not have fellowship with God. We need fellowship with God. And it begins with our belief in Jesus Christ, our Savior, the God-man, come in human flesh, dying for our sins, rising from the dead for our justification, and now seated at the right hand of the Father in the heavenlies. And we praise God because of those truths. That's the foundation for our fellowship with God. Our fellowship with one another is also based on that same foundation. We need to have that in common. We need to be believers in the Lord Jesus Christ. And if if we are followers of the Lord Jesus Christ, believers in Jesus Christ, we have a common bond in Christ, and that is the basis of our foundation, our, our fellowship, the foundation of our fellowship with one another. Not only that, it's also the foundation for our complete joy, joy and contentment this side of heaven, living in a discontent world, living in, in the constant struggle with our own sense of discontentment at times. It's the foundation for knowing peace with God, fellowship with God. And for our fellowship with God and, and for our fellowship with one another to be possible, believers must walk in the light. Not only do you, do you need to believe in the Lord Jesus Christ, but then you need to go on from there continually believing in, keeping your eyes on Christ, but also walking in the light. We'll dig into what that means in just a moment. Now we're going to go look at the remaining verses here in 1 John chapter 1, where we're going to see that John reveals more of the, the structure for our fellowship with God. We could say that what John speaks of in verses 5 through 10, those are the verses we're looking at this morning, what John speaks of in verses 5 through 10 is, we could say, is the cornerstone of our fellowship with God. And we're going to see here that only when our fellowship with God is, is right and in tune with the Word of God can our fellowship with one another, the body of Christ, the church, also be right. So I want you to follow along as we read verses 5 through 10 and, and see if you can pick this up here and look for this fellowship and this light that we need to walk in. Follow along. First John chapter 1, verse 5, and I'm reading from the English Standard Version. This is the message we have heard from Him and proclaim to you that God is light. And in Him is no darkness at all. If we say we have fellowship with Him while we walk in darkness, we lie and do not practice the truth. But if we walk in the light as He is in the light, we have fellowship with one another, and the blood of Jesus His Son cleanses us from all sin. If we say we have no sin, we deceive ourselves, and the truth is not in us. If we confess our sins, He is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. If we say we have not sinned, we make Him a liar and His word is not in us. 
I'll go back to verse 5. God is light. This is the cornerstone for our fellowship with God. God is light. Here's the message, says John. Pay attention, says John. Here's the message. God is light. Now, what does that mean, that God is light? John uses the imagery of light and darkness to illustrate and contrast something important here. And if we keep going and we look at verse 6, we can see more clearly what he means. Here's what he's getting at. God is truth. Here's why I say that. Look at verse 6 again. If we say we have fellowship with Him while we walk in darkness, we lie and do not practice the truth. So you cannot have fellowship with God unless you are walking in the light, unless you are practicing the truth. John makes many comparisons in this letter. We're going to see many of them as we continue in this series of studies here in 1 John. He makes many comparisons in this letter, and this is one of them. It's the comparison between a lie and the truth. And God being light means that God is truth. God is the source of all truth and the measure for everything called truth. And with the word light, John is illustrating here truth and righteousness. When he speaks of light, he's speaking of truth and righteousness. And if light is truth and righteousness, then darkness is lies, sin. Last week I noted that without having something in common, there is no true fellowship. And since God is light, since God is truth, God has nothing to do with sin. He has nothing to do with that kind of darkness. In Him is no darkness at all, says verse 5. And since there is no sin in God... God has nothing to do with sin. In Him is is no darkness at all. Since, Since there's no sin in God, then to have fellowship with God, we must, and hear this, beloved, we must take fighting our own sin seriously. When we don't, we're headed for trouble and we will not have fellowship with God, and we will not know the joy and peace that can be ours when we take seriously the need to fight our own sins. This is not the time to nudge your neighbor and say, I'm glad you're here to hear this, because you have some things that you need to straighten out in your life. No, no. God speaks to us, each one of us, as we open the Word, and, and this is a serious challenge that, that John wants his readers to see, and God put this in His Word for us to see. He wants us to see this today. We need to take seriously fighting our own sin. Darkness and light cannot coexist. When I walked out of the bathroom and ran into the, do- the, the closet door, my eyes had not adjusted yet. I was in darkness. But as soon as I stepped to the right and I saw the little light down the hallway, I was in light. I was walking in the light. (laughs) No more running in the doors. Not that night anyway. 
See, this is how our fellowship with God can bring us joy. When we, when we take serious our own need to fight sin daily. The presence of sin in our lives is how our fellowship with God is hindered. I believe we all know what this feels like to have our fellowship with God hindered. When we're sinning and we haven't taken seriously that sin and confessed that as as wrong and asked God for His help and thanked Him for His forgiveness, there's no joy. There's no joy. Ask me, as I say to my boys, ask me how I know. Sadly, that's not a... That's not something we are proud of, is it? That we know what it's like to not have joy and not have contentment because we haven't gotten right with God some sin in our lives. We're not taking it seriously as God does. Sin breaks our fellowship with God and we cannot know joy. We cannot have contentment and peace even in the midst of a tumultuous world and with serious issues and difficulties that we face every day. There's joy and contentment even while we grieve the very real struggles we have in this life, there is joy that God gives to His children who seek to walk in the light. But sin breaks that fellowship and it breaks that joy. And this is John's warning to believers. This is John's word of correction. We need to understand and take seriously that sin is the enemy of our fellowship with God. I've seen where broken fellowship takes people. Have you seen it? Have you known it in your own life? Have you experienced it? I've experienced it in my own life where where broken fellowship of God can lead a person and how close to the destruction of one's life and the destroying of one's testimony for the Lord Jesus Christ and defaming the name of Christ can take you when your fellowship is broken with God. In verses 5 through 10, John is helping us see how serious sin is. He uses multiple combinations. If you were to skim through these verses 5 through 10 and just look for these words, you'd see words like sin and darkness and deceit and lies and unrighteousness. He uses multiple combinations of those words, helping us see how serious sin is in our own lives. We're not talking about anybody else right now. God's Word is speaking to us as individuals saying, look, pay attention to your walk with Christ. Are you walking in the light? Now here's a little tip, just a little side note, a little tip on how to read your Bible. And maybe some of you picked up a Bible reading plan this year and you say, I want to read through the Bible this year. Praise God for that. I thank, I thank God for that. And those of you who are reading through the Bible on your own without a plan, that's fine. Let me give you a little tip here on how to read your Bible. Watching for this kind of repetition is one way to better understand your Bible, to to better understand what God is teaching you. If when you're reading the Bible, you watch for repeated words and and phrases or ideas, you'll begin to notice patterns and, and you'll begin to better understand what God is teaching you here. The repeating theme here, sin. Not somebody else's sin, your sin. My sin. Sin is your enemy. 
If you're a believer in Jesus Christ, you have an enemy. And we like to say it's Satan, and it is. But it's a lot closer than that. It's, it's you, it's your sin and your temptation to sin that's your enemy. The repeating theme here is sin. It's something to take seriously. Sin is the enemy, but there is no darkness. There is no sin. There is no deceit. There are no lies. There is no unrighteousness in God. And what this means for you if you say you're a believer in Jesus Christ is that to have fellowship with God, you've got to take sin in your life seriously. You've got to take fighting your sin seriously. Note that verse 6 says, if we say we have fellowship with God, if we have fellowship with Him, if we say we have fellowship with Him, while we walk in darkness, we lie and do not practice the truth. You see, to have fellowship with God... You must walk in light. You must walk in the truth. The truth that God reveals to us in His Word. You must shape your life with the truth of the Bible. You cannot fool God. You cannot say you love God. And you cannot say you have fellowship with God. And you cannot say you believe in His Word if you're not taking the Word seriously, taking His instructions seriously, and personally applying it to yourself. You cannot fool God to say you have fellowship with God while you walk continually in an unrepentant lifestyle of sin is is a lie. God is truth. God is light. And in Him there is absolutely no darkness, no sin, no unrighteousness. And when we walk in darkness, when we live in sin, our fellowship with God is broken. And it's not God's fault, it's our fault. But, don't you love hearing that word? It's the first word in verse 7. But note the hope that that John gives us in verse 7. Verse 7, look at it. But... If we walk in the light, as He is in the light, we have fellowship with, look at it, what does it say? One another. Now that's interesting. I was expecting it to say with Him. Yes, it is true we'll have fellowship with Him, but there's an outcome. There's a result of fellowship with God. But if we walk in the light as He is in the light, we have fellowship with one another. And the blood of Jesus, His Son, cleanses us from all sin. There is hope for believers who take seriously their own sin. And the outcome is not only personal contentment and joy, but peace with your fellow believer contentment in your relationships with your brothers and sisters in Christ in this church that's by God's design when we're out of sorts with God guess who else we're going to be out of sorts with yes your wife yes your husband yes your children but also God's people and don't I'm not to diminish those relationships in a home that will be the natural outcome of your 
lack of fellowship with God, you'll lack fellowship with your, with your family, but you'll also lack fellowship with God's family. There's hope. There's hope for us, isn't there? But if we walk in the light, there's the instruction. There's what we need, isn't it? We need to walk in the light. What we learn here is that light exposes darkness. We know this to be true. It, I, I learned it very quickly this week, running into the closet door and stepping to the right, and oh yeah, there's the light. The light, the truth, it illuminates the way for us. It illuminates the path for our life to fellowship with God and fellowship with His children, fellowship and unity with one another. You've done it. You've turned off the lights. The light, you're the last one to go to bed in your, your family. Most of the time that's me. I, I try to plan ahead and turn a light on down the hallway. And then I go back and I turn the lights off. because. But sometimes I, all the lights are off. I turn off the last light and I'm a long way from the bedroom. And I, go, I think the couch is right there and the door is right there. And I'm waiting for my eyes to adjust. And I've got my hand out in front because I don't want to run into those walls. Those walls don't move. Yours don't either, do they? And so you're kind of going tentatively, even though you know where stuff is, you kind of might have lost your bearings just a moment when you turn off light and turn it around. And you're like, okay, did I, did I turn too far to the left or to the right? Or Why, why do you do that? You're a little bit cautious because you can't see. But you leave just a little light on. Even Maybe you plug in one of those uh, nightlights in the hallway. You have just a little bit of light you can see. And you can walk without hesitation. You can walk with confidence. And, and you're not in danger of running into or falling over anything in your own house. The light that is Jesus gives hope, gives confidence. Like the sun popping from behind the clouds on a gloomy day. You had that happen this week, right? Right? Wasn't there a day this week when it was kind of gloomy and then all of a sudden the sun popped out? And then it was Friday and then it was Saturday and you're really enjoying it, right? It just brings hope. Even though you live in Michigan and you're a realist and you say, or I say I'm a pessimist, people in Sunday school said, no, we're realists, it's going to snow again. <laughs> but we're living in light and joy of a warm sunshine. It's the same for us Spiritually. The light that Jesus is gives hope. Like the sun popping from behind those clouds on that gloomy day. The light that is Jesus brings freedom. It lights the way for us to live. Not only freedom from the consequences of sin, and we rejoice in this, that that we can know, we can be confident that my sins are not going to be held against me because Jesus paid it all. All to Him I owe. Not only are we free from the consequences of sin, but we're free from the bondage of sin now. We don't have to sin. With God's help, with His Word, by the work of His Holy Spirit, taking the Word that we're reading. Mind you, we need to be reading the Word. We need to be listening to it being proclaimed like you are now, but we need to read it for ourselves. And as we take in the Word, and as we memorize the Word, The Holy Spirit takes the Word and helps us say no to sin. It helps us put off the sin and put on the righteousness of Christ. 
Not so that people will look at us and say, what goody two-shoes they are. No, so that we might honor God and so that we might know His joy. And as we're seeing in this passage, so that we might have not only fellowship with God, but fellowship with one another. Freedom, not only from the consequences of sin, but freedom from the bondage of sin now. That's what walking in the light will do. That's what walking with your eyes on Christ will will do without hesitation. We'll be able to walk with confidence in this world. Light gives freedom from stumbling in the dark. Light shows the way to truth. John uses this imagery again in 1 John in chapter 2. And maybe you're close and you want to turn and look at it. Verses 10 and 11. When he describes the love that we show for one another in the church as abiding or walking or living in the light. 1 John chapter 2, verses 10 and 11. Whoever loves his brother abides in the light. And in him there is no cause for stumbling. But whoever hates his brother is in the darkness and walks in the darkness and does not know where he is going because the darkness has blinded his eyes. And the implication is is this is a cause for stumbling. If we take our eyes off Christ, if we refuse to live in the light of the truth of His Word, if we refuse to be conformed to the teaching of His Word, if we refuse to let the Holy Spirit convict us when we sin, and if we refuse to get right with God when we sin, we will have no peace with God. And there will be no real peace with God's people because darkness has blinded our eyes. God wants us to hear this. We have an enemy, and praise God, we have a friend. And the friend is mightier than the enemy. The enemy of our fellowship with God and with one another is sin. But the friend of our fellowship with God and with one another is Jesus who shows us and makes the way to truth and righteousness possible. Without Him, we'd still be dead in our trespasses and sins. But through faith in Christ, we have new life in Christ. We now have His indwelling presence, God in us, Christ in us, and His Word to guide us and His Holy Spirit in us to to correct us and encourage us and to remind us of the truths of His Word and to strengthen us so that we can say, no, I will not sin. That is dishonoring to God. And I do not want my fellowship with God to be broken. That's why Paul writes this. Listen to Colossians chapter 3 and verse 1. If then you have been raised with Christ, this is if you put your faith in Christ, if you've trusted in Him alone for your salvation, for the forgiveness of sins, you are, you are raised from the dead with Christ. You have new life in Christ. And if this is true of you, if then you have been raised with Christ, this is what we're to live for. Seek the things that are above where Christ is seated at the right hand of God. It's not that we ignore everything here on earth, but but the way we choose to live here on earth is guided by by what we know about God and and His Word and what we're learning about God and His Word. And we live our lives shaped by the truths of Scriptures with the help of the Holy Spirit. We live here and now with with a heavenly mindset that that we want to honor God 
with all of our choices. Seek the things that are above where Christ is seated at the right hand of God. Every believer in Jesus is in an ongoing battle with sin. And to keep winning in this battle, you must continually put off sin and put on in its place righteousness, obedience to God's Word. And that's why Paul goes on to say even more about this fight. He knows it's a conflict. He knows it's a battle. So he says that the believer then must set his mind on light, on truth. Listen to the following verses. Colossians 3, verses 2 through 5. Set your minds on things that are above, not on things that are on earth. For you have died and your life is hidden with Christ in God. You're secure in in Christ Jesus. When Christ, who is your life, appears, then you also will appear with Him in glory. Put to death, therefore, what is earthly in you. You see where I get this language of killing sin and fighting sin? Put to death. That's serious, isn't it? Put to death, therefore, what is earthly in you. Need some ideas? He gives them to us. Sexual immorality, impurity, passion, evil desire, and covetousness, which is idolatry. And and if it isn't all idolatry, that's really the root of our problem. Idolatry. We put other things before God as more important than God. Now, you need to understand, so that you won't be discouraged. My intent here is not to discourage you. And God's word's intent is not to discourage you, it's to give you hope. So that you won't be discouraged, you need to understand that this is not a one and done kind of battle for you. I trusted Christ, praise God. Now I'm going to live victoriously. I'm never going to have another problem. I'm never going to be tempted by anything again. Not true. You're just going to become more aware of your temptations. And you're going to become more aware of your need to fight sin and be on guard. You need to understand that this is not a a once and done killing of sin. This is a daily battle. I I try to encourage my, my own family with this, my own sons, that... I remember being in their shoes as a youngster thinking, oh, how come I'm having these temptations? And looking around thinking everybody else is okay. We can, we can feel that way, can't we? We all look pretty good. You guys dressed up today and you look nice and clean and sharp and we all look around and we all say, how are you? And we say, I'm just fine. How are you? And we're, I'm just fine. And, and yet, it wouldn't surprise me if everybody in this room has something they're hurting over. And if everybody in this room is, is fighting some sort of sin, and you might feel like you're the only one and you're about to give up, do not give up. You are not alone. God is with you. His word is there for you. His spirit, if you're his child, his spirit is in you to help you to fight daily. If that's what it takes, a constant ongoing battle against the things that well up within you that dishonor God and go against what His words say, if you will honor Him, He will give you strength and hope and joy to face your very real and present temptation to sin. So listen to what Paul says in verse 12 of Colossians 3. Put on then. See, there's hope. 
This is daily activity. Like you get up and put on your clothes, and you get up and you eat your yogurt, and you get up and fry your eggs and bacon. At least that's, you know, that's my breakfast. Don't we all eat that? As you get up and put on your clothes, your socks and your shoes, and you, and you prepare yourself and you get your coffee and you go into your day, you prepare yourself every day for those kinds of things. You have your habits like I do that, that just kind of get you set for the day. Put on then. This is a daily activity he's talking about. As God's chosen ones, there's hope. He calls you holy and beloved. And that's why you know, that's how you know why I keep calling you beloved. Because God calls you beloved. Compassionate hearts. This is how you prepare yourself. This is how you, you daily fight sin. Put on then, as God's chosen ones, holy and beloved, compassionate hearts. Think about somebody else. Kindness, humility, meekness, and patience. You want to you be on the road to victory over temptation in your own life? Get your eyes off yourself and start serving other people. And in verse 13, he says, we're to bear with one another. And forgive one another. And never forget what, what, what Christ has forgiven you. In verse 14, he says, we're to put on love. This is a deliberate loving of one another. Put on love. Don't wait for the feelings. The feelings come later. Put on love and obedience, which binds all together in harmony. And that's, that's the fellowship with one another that John is speaking of. In verse 15, Paul says, we're to let peace and gratitude rule in our hearts. And in verse 16, he says that all of this is informed and fueled by the rich indwelling Word of God at work in us. John Owen wrote these words in, in his book entitled, Of the Mortification of Sin in Believers, and that's the abbreviated title, <laughs> Of the Mortification of Sin in Believers. He writes of our daily work of killing sin in our own lives. He says, do you mortify? Do you kill? Do you make it your daily work? Be always at it while you live. Cease not a day from this work. Be killing sin or it will be killing you. It will be killing your fellowship with God. It will be killing your fellowship with, with other believers. And it will kill your joy. Sin in your life is the enemy. So you dare not take it lightly. Light is what you need. Truth is what you need. God and His Word are your friends. That's why John says in verse 8, back in 1 John 1, Look at it. If we say we have no sin, again, he's warning us, if we say we have no sin, we deceive ourselves and the truth is not in us. Some of us, even now, might be arguing in our minds about what the Bible is saying. Arguing that we're really not as bad as all that. I don't know why you're making such a big deal of this, Pastor. This is not such a big deal. God says it is. Some people even falsely 
teach that people who are saved are now perfect and do not sin. That is not what the Bible says. It is true that we are made new creatures. You've heard me say that. I hope you've heard me say that today already, that we are new creation in Christ. We are, we are new creation. We are born again. That's why we use that kind of language sometimes when we talk about Christians. We say, are they born again? Have you put your faith in Jesus Christ and in Him alone for your salvation and forgiveness of sins? Are you born again? Yes, there is new life in Christ. We are new creatures in Christ when we trust in Him. But we are not created, recreated, sinless. We are not born again to be sinless. We are born again now with a new nature in us because now we have Christ in us. And He is now there present with His Word to help us fight sin. We are forgiven, but there is a lifetime battle with sin that begins when we trust in Jesus. Do not stop fighting sin. Do not stop taking your sin seriously. This is not to discourage you, but it is to warn you And it is to challenge you and encourage you that there is hope. I hope you hear that today, that there is hope. God's Word gives hope. God's Spirit gives life. There are great blessings for you if you're a believer in Jesus because the light of the Word of God illuminates the truth and exposes sin. This is so important. You need the Word because not only does it give light, but it also exposes sin. And we ought to be praying as people who don't, who, who don't pray, God, help me to know if I'm a sinner. We, we ought to pray, God, show me where I'm sinning. Help me to see it so I can deal with it. So I can get right, so I can restore fellowship with you. There are great blessings for you if you're a believer in Jesus because the light of the Word illuminates the truth and exposes sin, your sin. And my sin. That's why John gives the precious reminder of the promise of sins forgiven when confessed. And we love verse 9, don't we? Look at verse 9 again. We love this passage. I do. Here's hope. If we confess our sins, He is faithful and just. It's right of Him because He poured out His wrath on His Son. It's just of Him to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Praise God. So don't deny that you sin. If you do, you're lying to yourself. You deceive yourself. But do confess your sin because Jesus shed His blood so that you can have fellowship with with God. John confronts another lie in verse 10. If we say we have not sinned, it's kind of a repeat of earlier, if we say we have not sinned, but notice he gets even more serious here when he says, we make him a liar. Would you call God a liar is what he's saying? If we say we have not sinned, we make him a liar and his word is not in us. If his word was in you, you would not say you are sinless because light exposes darkness. Because the light of truth of the Word of God exposes the sin in your life. And so obviously if you say, I'm not a sinner, then you don't have the Word in you because the Word, the light, exposes darkness. Get the Word in. Not only were there some people who were saying that a believer in Jesus no longer sins, perfectionism, but there were others who were saying they had never sinned. 
Now, we all look around and go, now that's silly. I know they've sinned. And I know they've sinned. <laughs> and they're pointing at you, okay? So we're all pointing at each other. We all know that we've sinned. John has a very strong statement for people who claim they have never sinned. You make God out to be a liar and yourself out to be, you reveal yourself as an unbeliever. A person who is not going to have fellowship with God until he comes to grip with this. You're a sinner in need of saving. John puts it like this, 1 John chapter 5 and verse 10. Whoever believes in the Son of God has the testimony in himself. God's Word and God's Spirit reveals to you that you're His child. Whoever does not believe God has made him a liar because he has not believed in the testimony that God has borne concerning His Son. God testifies to us as to who Jesus is and He calls to us to put our faith in Him for the salvation of our souls, for the forgiveness of our sins. And if we do not believe in Him, and instead we say, well, I don't need Him. I'm not really in need of saving I'm no sinner. I haven't done that much wrong. I'm not as bad as they are. We make God out to be a liar. If you find yourself thinking those kinds of things today, God is calling to you to repent of your sin and believe in Jesus Christ for the saving of your soul, for the forgiveness of your sins, so that you can begin to have fellowship with Him and with the body of Christ in this world, the church, your brothers and sisters in Christ, once you put your faith in Christ. You need fellowship with God. And you also need fellowship with God's children. That's by God's design. And you see, what God is teaching us here is that we need to be right with Him so that we can be right with each other, so that we can continue encouraging and strengthening one another in the walk that we face in this world. We need to walk in the light together. That's where true joy is found. That's true, true contentment in the bright hope of fellowship with God based on the truth that God came in human flesh to save sinners from their sins. What we all need to admit is that sin is an I problem. And I don't mean an I problem. Sin is a three-letter word with an I in the middle. Sin is an I problem. I mean that sin is, is that I problem that, that causes us to be selfish and to have idols. I do what I do because I want what I want. You notice all the I's in that statement? If somebody asked you why you did something, the likely outcome of your response is going to be, I wanted this, so I did that. I do what I do because I want what I want. Sin is a selfishness problem. It's an I problem. That's why our own sin breaks our fellowship with God and with one another because God will not stand for having any other gods before us, before God. We put up other gods before us, and sometimes it's us 
that we're setting up before our lives. And God will not stand for that. He will not let us have His joy and contentment. He will not let us be at peace with our brothers and sisters in Christ if we're setting up ourselves as the little God of our universe. But when we confess our sin to God, here's here's the wonderful truth, and we see it here. This is such a wonderful thing. When we confess our sin to God, He graciously steps in and says, there's my son. I poured my wrath out on him. You're forgiven. Not on your account, on his account. Not because you're perfect. You're not, because he is perfect. And then he graciously steps in by his spirit and with his word helps you and me mortify sin, kill sin in our lives, our our sin. You can't change anybody. You and I, I, I can't make you change. I'm a messenger. God says, go give the message. And so here I am proclaiming the truth of God's word. But God can change you. Will you humble yourself before him? Believer, will you daily do that? Unbeliever, will you see your need for a savior and confess, I'm a sinner in need of saving? When you're faithful to confess sin, when it's present, your fellowship with God and with his children will will be restored and will be unhindered. Darkness and light cannot coexist. God is light. God is truth. God is righteousness. And you show the brightness of His glory when you expose the sin in your life with the true light of His Word. And you also show the brightness of His glory when you're growing in fellowship with one another. You know, the world around us, this is what the world desperately needs to see. It's Christians who love each other and don't talk poorly of one another. And we're not angry with one another. We may have our differences, but we get along because we have Christ in us who is helping us fight our own sin. Let's pursue fellowship with God. Let's enjoy fellowship with one another. And let's do it by fighting our own sin, taking seriously that we have a foe and we have a friend who is mightier than the foe. Let's pray.